to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, Dr. Physical Therapy, Medical Analyst at FantasyPoints.com. Gracias por tus oídos. Today, I want to start off by talking uh, George Kittle. I know there's a lot of contention about George Kittle, whether to drop George Kittle, uh, pick George Kittle up. I've talked about picking up George Kittle at FantasyPoints.com. So I do want to clarify a little bit about what's actually going on with George Kittle. So initially, we knew it was a foot injury based on the video. It looked like it could have been a Liz Frank. What ended up happening is he fractured his cuboid bone. The cuboid bone is much, uh, it's not much different, but it is distinctly different to a Liz Frank injury. It's still in the same similar region, but it's not exactly the same thing. So the cuboid bone is one of the tarsals of your feet. It's on the outside of your foot, sort of towards the back of your foot. Now, they, they're calling it a, a minor fracture, but despite the fact that it's a minor fracture, you still have to be extremely careful with these because you need to let them heal, and when you let them heal, it just takes time. Nothing can increase or speed up tissue healing, especially bone healing. So what's going to likely happen, based on the research, What's going to likely happen is he'll be in a boot for four to six weeks. After the four to six weeks, there, there will be a ramp-up period where they want to continue to build bone density, so he's going to pick up his activity. So I initially was a proponent of holding George Kittle or picking up George Kittle. I'm not sure it's really worth it at this point. It just depends on your league settings, on your IR spots, on your bench spots. Let me walk you through the best-case scenario for George Kittle, the absolute best-case scenario. Okay, he's already on the IR. He's going to miss week 9. He's going to miss week 10. He's going to miss week 11, right? So that's the best case scenario. So, 9, 10, 11. Let's say, let's say that he's a freak of nature, because he sort of is, but let's say he's even more of a freak of nature, and his fracture is completely healed, and it shows up healed on the MRI, the CT scan, in three weeks, which is extremely unlikely to do. So let's say that happens. So then the 49ers will look at each other, and they say, hey, is it worth bringing George Kittle back? Okay, they're going to look around. They're going to say, well, we're probably in last place in the division right now. It's probably a long shot for us to make the playoffs. And they're also going to say, hey, well, we are probably not in the running to get back to the Super Bowl, considering our quarterback is still injured and considering our defense is depleted. So you have all those things sort of going on there. So in other words, George Kittle will have to heal extremely fast, excessively fast from this fracture, and that'll be three weeks. And then the 49ers actually have to be competitive to even consider bringing him back. So there's just two massive hurdles that it just doesn't seem that they'll be able to clear by the time the fantasy playoffs roll around. So in reality, I gave you best case scenario would be three weeks. In reality, this is closer to a four to six week injury, really closer to a six week injury, because you really don't want to refracture that bone. So in reality, Kittle's out the next four weeks. He's not back, or at least at practice until, you know, week 13. He's not probably going to ramp up his activity until week 14. And by then, the fantasy season is going to be so far gone that there's not really any point to hold him. So anyway, 
All of that is to say, I don't think George Kittle's worth holding anymore. If you have the bench spots and the IR spots, I mean, sure, there nothing can hurt. But that's sort of where I'm at on George Kittle. Real quick, I wanted to talk about a couple of guys that are coming back, or at least supposed to be coming back. Austin Eckler, I've talked about before, sort of radio silence right now on his end, simply because the Chargers don't have to report anything that's going on there. He's on the IR, and they're not required to. But sort of extrapolating from his injury, his hamstring strain, his massive hamstring strain, we look at the data, and we see that automatically it's a three- to six-week injury. A big chunk of the population in those NFL studies missed about four games. 20% of that data missed about four games. So we can expect Eckler, who got injured on October 4th, to miss about four games at least, if not five. So I'm really looking towards a November 15th return. November 22nd, I think, might be a little long, but those are the two dates I'm looking at for Austin Eckler. As far as Nick Chubb goes, he had an MCL sprain. Those things can take a while to heal. Uh, the initial report was about six weeks, a four to six week injury, and I agree with that. By the time that he, he was injured the same week Eckler was, by the time they come back from their bye, he'll be around week five, I think. So he's pretty close to coming back as well. I would actually expect him to be back after the bye. Miles Sanders, the initial report on him was one to two weeks. By the time week 10 rolls around, it'll be about three. It looked like a meniscus injury, so he should be back since they decided not to go with surgery. That's sort of the update on the people that uh, aren't going to play this week, but are getting close. So now let's talk about Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's a dude who has a midfoot sprain. You know, what are the chances that almost three or four, what is it, three weeks in a row, superstar star players got a midfoot sprain? I've talked about it over and over again. The average return to play time for these midfoot sprains when they're grade twos is 36 days. The standard deviation is 26 days. So basically what that tells us is that the, the window is extremely wide. The window actually starts at around 10 days where a player can come back. The problem with Ridley this week is that he hasn't practiced two days in a row, Wednesday and Thursday. He hasn't practiced. So it's a massive number. And I put this in my injury preview over at fantasypoints.com. It's a massive number that only about 25% of skill players in 2020 who sat out and didn't practice at all two days in a row on Wednesday and Thursday have actually ended up being active. So 75% of players who have followed Ridley's practice patterns have actually ended up playing. It's not looking good for him. The data extraneously doesn't look good for him. I don't think Calvin Ridley goes this week. And then I believe they're on by next week. So, you know, sort of take that for what it's worth. Another guy I know that people are freaking out about is Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott is an interesting case because he's got he's on the injury report with the hamstring strain. Since entering the league, Ezekiel Elliott has been a durability monster. He's only been on the injury report five times, and of those five times, he practiced in full four times. Dating back to Ohio State, there's only one documented injury for him, two documented injuries. That's a hamstring injury where it was just tightness. And that's a fracture that happened in 2014, I believe. Other than that, the dude has been absolutely incredible, indestructible. You know, it's one of those things where I think the Cowboys are protecting him. He's been limited in practice two days in a row. And that's sort of along the same lines of the Calvin Ridley stat that I gave for Zeke is that only 12% of players in 2020 who were limited in, on pra in practice on Wednesday and Thursday ended up missing time. 
So basically, 88% of players who follow Ezekiel Elliott's pattern due to a hamstring strain, limited practice, limited practice, end up playing. So I think he'll play. There's a bit of volatility there. But I'm not necessarily surprised that he's dealing with his hamstring tightness, considering his work volume in practice has probably gone up. And his volume over the last three games has actually taken a dip just because the overall volume of the Dallas offense has been bad. So I think Zeke plays. He's not the safest. There's a little bit of volatility. The offense is bad. It's just something to consider for Zeke. And then lastly, the Seattle backfield, I'll just briefly mention, is a headache again. I don't think Chris Carson goes. Pete Carroll pretty much already ruled out out Carlos Hyde. Travis Homer didn't practice. Even DJ Dallas, who is on the injury report, is a little banged up. This is just a product of almost 0% of NFL games being injury-free. So the Seattle backfield's a headache. I don't think Carson's back for at least a couple of more weeks. It's just not looking good, and I would just avoid it altogether. If you want to read the entire injury preview for week nine, go to fantasypoints.com, use promo code PORRAS10. They're giving out a ton of discounts at this point in the season, and you can read the entire thing there, fantasypoints.com. So again, thanks for listening. Gracias por tus oídos. Good luck this week.